Hello everyone, welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast, episode 26. I'm your host, the Doctor of Men, Duncan Joyce. I'm joined once again by the hardest working Triple H marketing show business, Mr. Carl Cambry. Hello, nice to see you. Nice to see you again, Carl. How's things? Things are good. Nothing much has happened since the last time we recorded for the Rumble. No, the crashes of cars at universities <laughs> and stuff. No, so. everything's going as planned. It's yeah. all fine. How are you? You okay? I'm doing pretty well, yeah. More students, getting more and more people with mocks being around, yeah. needing some help and getting them all sorted out. Cool. Oh, what's that music you can hear? Well, you, you can't hear it now, but on the, <laughs> on the final product, you'll be hearing the wonderful musical stylings of our friends, the B-plus players. Yeah. We're covering the Elimination Chamber today, first ever women's tag team champions, so... You can hear in the background right now their song Hot Tag from their album Gorilla Position. We're actually in the process of releasing their new album right now. They're releasing a track on their Bandcamp page every Thursday, every week. Go ahead and check them out. They can be found at bpluspayers.bandcamp.com. That's all words, so B-P-L-U-S, players.bandcamp.com. Pay what you want for their stuff, and any kind of payment whatsoever will add their stuff to your Bandcamp library and give you unlimited streaming access in the Bandcamp app. So here we are then, Elimination Chamber 2019, February 17th 2019 from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. I couldn't get a number on the attendance this time around for some reason. The closest thing I could find was Forbes and they were trying to estimate the gate but they just used a typical attendance for WWE pay-per-views in a city. The guess is like 9,000-ish fans. Did you catch the kickoff show, Kyle? I did not catch the kickoff show. Oh, well you missed a doozy of a Cruiserweight Championship match. Yeah. Buddy Murphy defending against Tazawa. Mm. Tazawa won this opportunity by winning a Fatal 4-Way Elimination match two weeks prior on 205 Live. Yep. Beat out Leo Rush, uh, Umberto Carrillo, and Cedric Alexander. The match itself was good, the Fatal 4 I enjoyed that. It's nice to see Leo Rush doing other things other than being Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece. So that's good. I'm quite liking 205 again now. And especially now that they've announced this WrestleMania knockout tournament that they're going to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, things are taking over quite nicely, really. Mike Kanellis on this big losing streak still. They're leaving, aren't they, soon? Who knows? Apparently. Mm. We've seen Ty deliberately sabotage himself to yeah. get shown out the door. Yeah. We've seen TJP. I don't understand. What's the reason for this? The Loads of sources have said different things. Someone said he's got a tattoo that people don't like. Someone said his attitude. It can't be all of these, surely. Mm. Attitude's the big one yeah. I've heard. TJ claims that it's not the tattoos. Like he bumped into Vince, so they're like... Yeah. I, I, I say boss <laughs> as long as you don't get 
you know, something racist or derogatory, then I'm pretty sure that you've got a, a clean pass with tattoos, surely. Mm-hmm. It's just weird to go from no tattoos to the illustrated man. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> Who advised you that this is like a good ensemble, were <laughs> you? Yeah. Murphy, he stands his ground from all of Tozawa's chops. Then one of his own hits the post. And Akira takes over with a Frankensteiner, but his dive gets caught and he gets suplexed on the floor. Then we go screening screen for ages as Kayla interviews a New Day while the match is all going on. This is one of the reasons why I missed the kickoff show. Mm. <laughs> just stuff like that, it's just derogatory to the people who are wrestling and stuff. And you just want to enjoy the match, and instead, you're then listening to an interview or watching an interview halfway through a match. It's just ridiculous. It's not as if you'd had like. 40 minutes of chit-chat beforehand, you could have slotted this in. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, really cool satellite submission by Tazawa. Kind of just the Gail Kim thing where he crawls along like yeah. an octopus and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Then we get a super kick by Tazawa, top rope drop kick, backdrop driver, and a shining wizard for a near fall. Tazawa runs the ropes, but Murphy body presses him while he's up, sat on the second rope. Oh, wow. And Tazawa turns it into a top rope Frankensteiner for a two count. Nice. It's unreal. Like the direction Akira had to change yeah. to get his body in position. It was unreal. Then a clothesline makes Murphy do a 360, brother. Tazawa, so he leaps to the second rope, then leaps backwards into like an electric chair onto Buddy's shoulders and does a poison Hurricane Rana. Oh, wow. Sure. I can't believe he pulled that off. Because there was one spot like that in the, the Fatal Four Way. Tazawa and Cedric were spending ages trying yeah. to keep Tazawa up so he could do a, a poison round. And it's like, yeah. give up, guys, come on, <laughs> just give up. <laughs> Spots ruined. Peritope headbutts by Akira. And then the sent on to the back, but Murphy still kicks out. Murphy's Law gets countered with a victory roll for a two count. But then Murphy escapes the Iron Octopus to finally hit Murphy's Law and get the win in 13 minutes, 25 seconds, with not particularly much noteworthy in early goings, but it really, really picked up down the closing stretch after they did the screening screen bollocks. That's good. Coming into the the final run now, we're going to get more promotion on 205 now, because obviously with WrestleMania coming. So I just, I don't like having title matches on the kickoff. The kickoff show is like the warm up, basically for the main event. So, a title—if it's a title worth fighting for—surely that would be on the main event, and not on the kickoff. But anyway, that you know, that's just a small little thing. Mm. But yeah, it's nice to see the cruiserweights doing well. Yeah, so you mentioned earlier this tournament that's been set up to find Murphy a future contender for WrestleMania. Yeah, the first matches Tony Nice faced Callisto. And Tony Nice won. And then Drew Gulag beat... Kendrick? Kendrick, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really happy with them results, if I'm honest. I don't see Tony Nice and Drew Gulak as your traditional cruiserweights. But I'm old school. The cruiserweights are dinky people who love to do spot monkey stuff. So for me, I need some of those guys to progress. I was thinking that 
the other week when it was Kendrick fighting Canellis. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, it's just a, a regular match, but the lads just happen to be smaller than some of the traditional WWE superstars. Yeah. The whole idea of putting a cruiserweight tag on is that you're more susceptible to doing risky moves. That's how I would label a cruiserweight anyway. But you mentioned Tony Nese as well. Him and Noam Dar had a no DQ match that was quite interesting. Yeah. They did a lot of different stuff and they got the crowd way, way more into it than I ever could have fathomed. Because um, I don't think Noam Dar's that good of a babyface outside of the UK. Mm. Like, he didn't really pick up any sort of steam. Well, it just goes to show, even if you're a character that nobody can buy into, you wrestle a good match, the audience will obviously go on side with you. But I believe Noam Dar's gone to NXT UK now. It was either he sent a tweet out or WWE sent a tweet out basically saying that he's drafted himself to NXT UK. On to the main show, with the opening video package being told from the vantage point of the Elimination Chamber. And it kind of sounded suspiciously like Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting with my family presents WWE Elimination Chamber. Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> I got to watch this Monday night. What did you think? Cracking fun, yeah. Yep. They kind of made out like developmental, basically like tough enough. They gave them workouts and stuff and like, oh, this is it. If you can't complete this workout, you're fired, you're eliminated. (laughs) (laughs) Never in a million years happened. Yeah. And they just have some like random, after some random training session, just line them up like, right, this is it. Just deciding for everybody like, Okay, I'm going to shake your hand. Goodbye. It's the end of the road for you, I'm afraid. And we've all seen, like, breaking ground. That's not how they do business. They're quietly... (laughs) Peter off it in a room. Yeah. I have heard really good things. I'm guessing there's a few cameos, other than The Rock that we've seen trailer-wise. Yeah, so Dave Mastiff from NXT UK. Yeah, he was a body double for... What's his name? Nick Frost. Oh, right. the, The opening match in yeah. the thing it was just like all of the family in the big wrestling match right. uh, including the dad which is Nick Frost yeah. so Dave Mossiff was his body double and he got included in the tryout that Paige got signed to oh wow the O2 as well yeah. uh, I think I know I saw Kip Sabian in there as well yeah. and Nina Samuels alright I'm pretty sure she was trained by the night so that's probably that connection there yeah reading the credits I saw Daryl Allen's name on there as well but I couldn't spot him in the film yeah so I don't know if he was he probably could have been a body double for the brother because mm. he had like a crew cut and stuff yeah the lead Florence Pugh I think it is she's pretty authentic as Paige not to ruin anything, but the closing part of the movie didn't really seem that bothered about continuity errors. Okay. I mean, it seems like how it's going to be from the trailers. It's yeah. that page won the Divas title yeah. after WrestleMania 30. So they show clips of John Cena coming out, and Raw's set looks like the old Raw set, and then all of a sudden Paige and AJ Lee are coming out on the new Raw set. Yeah, that's weird. Like, say you were like more of a casual wrestling fan and you went to see this film, it would be even more enjoyable because you wouldn't be picking holes in it like me. Yeah. What about non-wrestling fans? You know, like, people watch biographical stuff of, like, bands that they might not necessarily like. So Bohemian Rhapsody, for example. 
loads of people who didn't like Queen enjoyed it for the story and you know stuff like that. I reckon it's the same with this or Well if you've seen that clip of Bohemian Rhapsody going about on Twitter, I think Bohemian Rhapsody fans will greatly enjoy yeah. wrestling with all the cuts yeah. in one single scene. Yeah. I mean, the script's really, really witty and it all sort of plays into outsiders' perceptions of wrestling as well. Paige and all the trainees were handing out flyers on the street and people were like, wrestling, fuck is this? Yeah. And that kind of thing. There's Paige's brother's in-laws come over for dinner and there's quite a few like, little bit of awkwardness there like just to yeah. get over how different this sort of world is mm. compared to like people outside of I wrestling is that's in the trailer when they say what's WWE and then they all go what yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll see I'm looking forward to watching it yeah I definitely recommend it mm. no messing about here with our opening match the Elimination Chamber match to crown the first ever women's tag team champions we've got the Boss and Hug Connection Bailey and Sasha, Carmella and Naomi, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, The Riot Squad, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan, Nia Jax and Tamina, <laughs> and the Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. <laughs> they are just comedy gold in this match. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you favouring going into this? Nia and Tamina, just because of past roars and what was happening and stuff also just on the fact that WWE loved to piss the fans off so I was all for expecting Naya and Tamina because you had two options really the way I see it Sasha and Bailey, the obvious the the history makers the people at the forefront of this new age of women's wrestling then the other thing I thought you might be able to do is if you have a heel win here, give Sasha and Bailey a chase until WrestleMania, and then they have the coronation at WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah. And I did wonder whether being the opening match instead of the closing match, whether they made that choice because they didn't want fans going home unhappy. Yeah. I thought it made sense for two teams to start, uh, the only four women in the match who'd previously been in the Elimination Chamber. So it's Sasha and Bailey and Sonia and Mandy. We get a big crossbody to the chamber floor by Sasha and a vicious spear out of a corner by Sonia. Sonia knees the chains by accident and Mandy gets her foot stuck in yeah. like one of the gaps and it takes forever to get out. That's one of those where it's got to be done right because them holes are quite big. So if you've got your foot stuck, it's got to be stuck in an awkward position. Not how Mandy had it with it just being full on directly within the square of like look you could just pull that out like, this is ridiculous like hung on by a toe <laughs> out next to join the matchup are the riot squad so people come in and join certain intermissions it's tornado rules it's all no yeah. DQ anything goes one person from one team gets pinned the whole team gets eliminated I completely forgot about that until the first elimination and I was like Oh, the both got... Oh, yeah. oh, right. Okay, got it. <laughs> oh, Logan smashes Sasha's arm into the corner of the pod, mm. playing up a... Is this a genuine injury? Or is this a pretend injury that Sasha potentially got from the Rousey match? Yeah. Mm. It's a big square-off between the Riot Squad and Mandy and Sonya. 
Bailey comes in and runs wild, and we get a big Tower of Doom spot before our next duo arrive. <laughs> it's the Iconics! Everybody's down when they came out, and they try pin yeah. everyone, literally anybody <laughs> they find that's on the ground. It might have been Sasha. They went to pin twice, like they went back round. We've done everyone right, okay, again. <laughs> <laughs> they then start double teaming everyone and Liv takes a really nasty bump when she's pulled out of the corner and lands face first mm. there's a knee and camel clutch combo to Bailey, but Sasha breaks up the fall and a nice spin kick by Peyton gets a near fall excellent spot they grind the faces of Boss and Hood Connection into the chains right in front of the podium where the tag title belts are. Yeah, nice. The cameraman going up to the grid of the chamber could have done with panning back a little bit yeah. to put the belts and the wrestlers in the shot at once. That would have been a nice shot, yeah. It would have really worked nicely. Next team out, it's Naomi and Carmella. And Naomi gets a double springboard crossbody to the Iconics. And they both get stereo Bronco Busters. Carmella tried to climb the chains, nearly got powerbombed, but Hurricane Rana's Billy into the chains. Then we get a big round robin of trademark moves from everyone, including a Widow's Peak by Peyton. Yeah. Hashtag Victoria for Hall of Fame. A jackknife cover is counted into a code of silence by Carmella, but Mandy breaks it up. And then we get the big square off between Naomi and Mandy. But then the iconic sneak in the back door with an absolutely awesome sunset flip and jackknife cover combination yeah. for a freak out to eliminate Mella and Naomi. The iconics then try and convince everyone else to gang up on the Samoans who are about to come out and join the match. They end up doing so, but they still all get slaughtered anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the iconics go back and hide inside the pod. But Tamina and I just forced the doors open anyway and bloody racked over right into the chains. Yeah, left, right, left, right, left, yeah. right. Yeah, incredible. The stereo Simone drop then eliminates the Iconics. Liv Hurricane Rana's Naya into a turnbuckle, which allows Sarah to get a knee. And then the Diamond Dust by Liv. Mandy and Sonya then score big knees on Naya. And then the Boss and Hook connection join in on all the fun. The right squad hide up on the top of the roof of the pod. People chase them up. They get knocked down. Double crossbody to both sides. Yeah. Really, really cool. I was waiting for a ch- what they called chubba wub thumping reference then. Tub thumping. That's yeah. <laughs> I get knocked down. But I <laughs> super Simone dropped by Naya, and then the Superfly splash by Tamina eliminates the right squad. Naya then just flat out ran right through a pod. Right. Bailey was nowhere near that pod. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. She didn't even have to move out of the way. Literally, she just speared herself. It was ridiculous. And the, the camera angle from behind the pod makes it worse because she just bombs it straight through the pod <laughs> and Bailey's just like... Oh, oh, right. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm moving out the way. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. It's um, like the reverse Samoa Joe counter. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of walking away, we're like, 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're just like standing there like, oh, that's what you were yeah. doing, was it? <laughs> Everyone then gangs up on Tamina. Sasha hits the Meteora. And Bailey hits the elbow drop. And everyone piles on top for the cover to eliminate Tamina and Naya. So we're down to the final two teams. The same two teams that started the match. Mm. We get the backstabber by Banks into the Bailey to Bailey by Bailey. <laughs> For fuck's sake! <coughs> backstabber by Banks into the Bailey to Bailey by Bailey. But Rose broke up the fall. <laughs> Mandy and Sasha then climb up on a pod. And then in a great callback, Sasha helps Bailey climb up on the pod too. Yeah, it's a nice, nice touch that. Yeah. Sonya breaks up a potentially fatal superplex off the pod. Yeah, that was quite cringy watching that. <laughs> You're like, how's this going to work? Isn't somebody just going to land on the ring yeah. post? <laughs> Mandy sends Banks into one of the other pods and then hits Angel's wings on Sasha. But Sasha kicks out. Sonya then spears Mandy by accident and that allows Sasha to lock in the bank statement but because her arm is so knackered from all the abuse in the match she completes the grip by gripping her hand and her foot. Yeah. Looked incredible. And it got the tap out. So Sasha and Bailey won after 33 minutes. Mm. Very enjoyable match. That finish reminded me of you know when Charlotte won the belt back and she was injured, and she put herself through the pain to get the tap. That finish with Sasha using a foot, that's what that reminded me of, you know, going to any length to just get the win. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really, really, really good. Nice to see a spotlight on Sonya and Mandy. Hopefully that will continue. Yeah, it was really good. There was a few sloppy bits, you know, like with the, the Naya thing that just didn't make any sense, but there was more good than bad, so give that like. 7 out of 10 yeah it was really good definitely yeah I went 7 and a half yeah. <laughs> yeah going into this I was a little bit nervous because the first time they did a tag team elimination chamber match it was a complete and utter clusterfuck yeah but you look at that match and you look at this match and it's night and day mm. there was so much good teamwork in this match lots of really interesting little double teams and Flowing from different pairings and different people within the match. Yeah. Great bit of innovation here and there. Of course, it had its patchy moments, but it just worked overall. And yeah, this is great fun. Really, really good opener. Gets everybody in the crowd excited. We now get the four horsewomen have completed the set. Yeah. Becky, the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion. Charlotte, the first women's champion since they changed the branding. Yep. And now Sasha and Bailey, first ever tag team champions. Yep. So that's the perfect time for Michael Cole to pop up and say, history has been made. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the amount of times that he said that during that match, you'd be pissed after the first match. Shot for history, shot for history. <laughs> so who, who won? <laughs> Crowd chant, you deserve it. And then Sasha puts over how hard fought this victory was and that they did it not just for themselves, but for the whole division. Aww. So from one tag team scene to another, we then get a video package for the SmackDown tag team title match, which recaps Miz, 
pitching his team to Shane and their title win at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Ms. Ms. McMahon. So on Miz's baseball jersey, it says Miz and Mac. Yeah. And that's way better than McMiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So it's our second match of the evening for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The champions, Team Daddy Issues, Shane McMahon and Miz, taking on the Usos, Jay and Jimmy. Miz cuts a promo on his way to the ring, congratulating the Boss and Hug connection. And then he dedicates this match to his dad, Anne-Marie, who just so happens to be here, and she comes out on the ramp and announces that she's pregnant. There's times to do this, and I felt like the time was not now to do that. Really? Yeah, well, just especially with the result that was to come. Stuff like that creeps me out. Like with the Cena-Nicky thing at Mania, and then you look back and you just... Like, I can't watch that now, knowing, like, what's happened since. And I just think, if you're going to do that, do it when you've just won a belt, on, like, on SmackDown or whatever, you know, bring them out, I dedicate this win to blah, blah, blah. Or also, while Maurice is here, she's got some news. You know, instead of doing it on an entrance of a pay-per-view. Right, okay. But anyway, that's just me. Jimmy and Miz start the match and they escape loads of their trademark moves early on. Jimmy then presents an early coast-to-coast attempt by Shane, but Shane hits a nice sunset flip in reply for a two-count. Both Usos then get really awkwardly shit-canned to the outside. Yeah. It's like slow-motion <laughs> clothesline bump. Yeah. Double-team Stun Gun gets the Usos control over the Miz and they do a wishbone split on him. Clearly jealous at Miz's virility. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy steals Miz's corner clothesline, but the second time he tried it, Miz countered with an STO. And we get tags on both sides, with Shane hitting a back body drop and a pair of leap over DDTs for a two count. Then the coast to coast to Jimmy. He goes for it on Jay, but gets super kicked out of midair. And Jay hits a supervised splash, but Miz saves the fall. Mizzen gets a tag and hits a springboard axe handle. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Never expect that. <laughs> I'm th- when he was on the ropes and he was ready to do that, and I'm like, what? what AJ Styles or what the <laughs> hell? And then he just did an axe handle, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. The fuck was that? <laughs> he got such a big spring, yeah. just going up to the top. <laughs> I'm like, what's he gonna do here? <laughs> <laughs> It's a super duper axe handle. <laughs> he runs right into a Samoan drop, but counters the avalanche with a DDT for a two count. He then sets up the announce table and causes Jimmy to accidentally dive onto Jay. Shane then does the top rope elbow through the table. <laughs> Where's the DQ? Yeah, I don't understand that either. <laughs> <laughs> someone described this match to me as basically Miz trying to convince Shane to do all his daredevil yeah. shit even, <laughs> even though he's absolutely knackered like no go on go on go on you can do it you can do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I you school crushing finale counted into a super kick but the supervised splash eats knees and Miz cradles for a two count then Miz hits the school crushing finale but Uso turns the cover into a jackknife and gets a win. 
Brand new champions. The Usos regained the titles at 14 minutes and 10 seconds. What a shocker. Mm, I didn't expect that. No. I thought the finish was really weird. To have Miz do essentially his finisher and it not affect the Usos at all. I strongly dislike those kind of finishes too, yeah. It just did not make any sense. Shane looked like he was about to die after the match. Literally, like, (laughs) self-combustion. Yeah, um, the match was okay. I really do like the Usos. I think they're a fantastic tag team. So, not a problem for me having them with the belts. I don't know what Miz and Mac are going to do now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we all strongly suspected that this is leading up to a WrestleMania match between Mm -hmm. the two. But I just thought their title reign would have lasted longer. Like, we'd have got this switch at Fastlane. Yeah. It's strange. Personally, I thought this was quite a significant step up from the tag title match the previous month. Nothing that I'd go out of my way to watch again, but it was really serviceable. I was pretty entertained. It had a nice flow to it. The Usos are just spot-on tag team wrestlers. Yeah. Shane even served his purpose pretty well here when he was doing normal wrestling. And of course, he had him getting yeah. knackered doing his... Public strenuous school. stuff yeah <laughs> yeah and I do actually feel like the more that Shane's been wrestling now he's actually getting much better there were points when he was doing moves that I was like well that was slick you know that was that was really good there was no Shane-ness about it like it was, it was like you know like a a trained manoeuvre yeah like I say I think it is building towards a mania match between the two but I, I don't know what they're going to do from now till then. They got the rematch at Fastlane, even though there's supposedly no automatic rematches nowadays. Yeah, I think everything that the McMahons said on that Raw has already become irrelevant. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> the one match in particular yeah. on this show very much makes me feel that way too. Yeah. Miz apologises to an absolutely knackered Shane after the match and carries him to the back. We then get an advert for Fastlane. Backstage, we catch up with Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, who are both confident. Leo has a go at Kayla for saying he's the weak link of the team. Once again, Kayla... (laughs) I think late 90s WCW has repossessed Kayla Braxton now. (laughs) Oh, Leo, what's the deal with you in this tag match? You know, think of just pin you and you'd be shit out of luck, mate. Yeah, Leo just says, they're the top of the food chain. Bobby's a steak and he's a sizzle. So corny. (laughs) That leads us to our third match of the main card. The handicap match with the Intercontinental title on the line. The champion Bobby Lashley teaming up with Man of the Hour, Leo Rush, against Finn Balor. I laughed out loud. First comment that Michael Cole had going into this match was calling the SmackDown tag title match beforehand a disaster. (laughs) Jesus, mate. (laughs) Yeah, the gist of it here is that Leo just wants to be a sneaky shit and get his digs in whenever he can. Immediately from the get-go, he makes out like he's going to start the match and then milliseconds later tags out. Very, very punch kicky stuff between Finn and Bobby early on. Powerbomb gets escaped and Finn backdrops Bobby over the top rope. But Leo cuts off his dive, chases Finn into a spine buster into the barricade by Bobby. Now that Finn's down, Leo wants in the match. 
Did you spot Leo's trying to tag out? The ref is right in the way. Yeah. He's like trying to duck under so that <laughs> Leo, can, like, Leo can make the tag to Bobby. I'm like, it's a bit optimistic getting yeah. underneath yeah. Leo. You have a new limbo. Flatliner by Lashley gets near fall, which allows Rush to get back in the match. Does such a great escape artist, Leo. Yeah. Just whips her out of the ring like a pinball. Yeah. They keep focusing on Finn's ribs following his match with Lesnar, Royal Rumble. Mm. Leo tagged himself in when Bobby looked like he was getting ready to hit the spear. Yeah. But his frog splash missed. And that allows Finn to regain the advantage. We have a sling blade to Lashley and a helo to the outside on both men. Shotgun drop kick, coup de gras to Rush. Finn pins Leo to win the title. In 9 minutes and 30 seconds, Fish just kind of like came out of nowhere. Yeah. They were very, very relaxed in the early goings of this match. Like, oh, we nearly got 10 minutes. Take time, it's fine. Just, you know. And then it just seemed like, oh, yeah, shit, we've got to go home. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Kyle? It wasn't the, the greatest match for me. I've not been a fan of Lashley since he's come back. I feel he's not lazy, but his in-ring stuff just seems quite, I'm a big man, so I'll just do the four moves that I can do. And it kind of showed that Finn was kind of the one that was testing the water a bit and saying, look, we, we, we can do this, we can do that, we can do the other. So it was it was nice when he was able to have a go at Rush because Rush was giving him a few things back. I sort of expected Finn to win, so that was fine. Yeah, five and a half out of ten, probably. It wasn't a showstopper. No, very definition of middle of the road here. Like I said, it just seemed to end out of nowhere. I'm happy the boat's on Finn, but like you say, Lashley, like when he beat Roman back yeah. in the summer, that feels like eons ago. Mm. And his absolutely awesome spell when he was in TNA feels even longer ago. Yeah. It just, I don't, he just feels like he's there. I think it's a shame. Yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily a booking's fault either. We've had this discussion before about people making their opportunities and being the character that they've been told to be. I just, I think there's something about Lashley that's very much, I'm here, I'm getting paid, fuck it, I don't need to try as hard. Like, I, that's the kind of vibe that I get. Right. Lashley is furious post-match and he actually gets a few Lashley chants and a really big pop when he throttles Leo and an even bigger pop when he hits a massive spine buster on him. Yeah. I liked what was happening until the next day because <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. I mean, you get to like an hour later in the show and his work is completely undone. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As well. Yeah. Three matches in, three left to go. It's halftime question time. Favourite tag teams... And favourite tag match? Well, mine, without a doubt, is TLC. Without a shadow of a doubt. Incredible. And the Hardy Boys, my favourite tag team. I know that might be strange for being such a big DX fan, why have I not chose the New Age Outlaws, but I'm a big high-risk fan, so for me, having Jeff 
doing stuff where I die kind of captured my heart. <laughs> so all the battles, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, the APA, you know, all that sort of stuff that was happening around that time, definitely invested in that. And the whole concept of, it was never heard of before, of having tables, ladders, and chairs in a match. And it worked just so well. And then it catapulted there onto Mania, you know, doing more at Mania as well. So yeah, so that's that's my favourite match and my favourite tag team. Yours? I might have to go with the Hardys here as well. Oh. That felt like such a revolutionary time in tag team yeah. wrestling. And I really, really like, like Daredevils and Innovators, yeah. especially at that time. I was so into that that when Shawn Michaels was coming back in 2002, at first I was kind of like, What's he got left to do? Because Jeff Hardy's done everything since he's yeah. been away, you know? Is there really any room for him to make any tries? I'm like, I'm fucking wrong yeah. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> awesome match with Triple H. One of my favourite matches ever. Yeah. Yeah. Just tremendous. Full of childhood memories and just the, the, like the style of the teamwork and stuff, the way they think through matches. Taking away Triple H out of the conversation. If someone said to me, Attitude Era, one thing off the top of your head, it would be the Hardy Boys. Just for me, week in, week out, watching them and watching Jeff do something stupid is what I lived for. And the fact that Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys had to, well, I suppose Edge and Christian had to split up to get to the next card, whereas I found the Hardy Boys, and especially when it was Team Extreme with Lita, as a group, they were then in the main event, you know, costing Triple H, having that weird chair fight with Brock Lesnar that they had. And it showed that obviously the company trusted in them as a team to move forward. And then obviously behind the scenes stuff happened and it disappeared, but yeah, definitely 100% Hardy Boys. Favorite tag team match for me, it wasn't a tag title match, but something that really sticks out really strongly for me is the Shield against the Rhodes Brothers Battleground 2013, yeah. where the, the jobs are on the line. Yeah. Because, like I was saying about great innovations and stuff, we've seen a lot of that with the stipulations and all that kind of stuff, but it was just good to see that you could have a, like a more traditional, clean tag team wrestling match yeah. where you know you could manipulate the crowd get them in the palm of your hand just with the psychology of tag team wrestling still yeah that's cool it, that, that was a very good match oh we got an ad for the Mark Henry special that was on after the Elimination Chamber I've still not watched that have you not? no it's fantastic right I could not believe it's just from a little town in Texas called Silsby. And what I didn't realize was all of the population of that town, they banded together and funded him going to the Olympics. Wow. That's the kind of impression that he made on So is it, I'm guessing it's a life story then from him growing up all the way to WWE? It starts around him like just being in powerlifting. Yeah. I don't remember that much of him like being really, really early in yeah. childhood and stuff. But starts off in like powerlifting world, 
going to the Olympics, signing for WWE before the Olympics. So that, you know, he could be, like, come to WWE as the, the big hero of the Olympics. But his back injury put a stop to that. And then just going through his career. That's cool. So we got sexy chocolate and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The little vignettes where he was, like, taking China out for a date and stuff. You got to see Vince, like, producing the segment with him and making suggestions on what to do. He's like, Oh, you're, you're coming down the stairs here, pal, and you're like, oh, cock of a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I'll definitely have to watch that. Yeah, it's a great watch. Yeah. We then get a recap of the big storyline advancements since the Royal Rumble, involving the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble, Becky Lynch. Becky was suspected for having a knee injury, and Stephanie McMahon wanted her to take a test to get it checked out Becky refused because she's got this paranoia that they're trying to take this opportunity away Yeah. beats the shit out of Stephanie <laughs> slaps the shit out of Triple H the next night on Smackdown yeah I didn't like that <laughs> <laughs> I loved it <laughs> so Becky winds up being suspended It turns out her knee was healthy anyway, so she's about to return and get reinstated into the WrestleMania title match. But then out comes Vince McMahon. He's saying, You're not reliable. We need someone with charisma. We need someone who can produce everything night in, night out. We need Charlotte Flair. That was fantastic. (laughs) When he came out, I was expecting just something so curveballed as to say hey, you're, you're gonna face me me <laughs> and I'm like, like I you wanna play pal I'm <laughs> expecting him to put himself in a match somewhere <laughs> oh, you're you gonna want face Stephanie Stephanie and I was like <laughs> you wanna kick some lass huh <laughs> kick my lass <laughs> look at it it's a nice lass. I can make my last do tricks. Watch this. But don't get, don't get, don't. Becky is out of the title match, and at this point in the show, it looks like it's just going to be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. My one frustration about this whole storyline is how much shit the fans are giving WWE regarding. Becky and her not being in the title picture and stuff and it's going to happen this is a storyline stop tweeting them saying I'm never watching you again I'm watching and what is going on it's a storyline scrolling through Twitter and reading some of these tweets that people have been sending and I'm just like this is actually bonkers there's investment and then there's these people who are clearly affected by this and you know I think it's really well done you can 100% see you know where it's going but I just think it's storyline chill out that's my only problem with this at the moment Mm. my only problem really is that the insertion of Charlotte just felt a bit uninspired yeah what was to stop Vince from undoing a Royal Rumble winner in the past who he didn't like. Yeah. That was my two cents anyway. And the one thing that I can't stand about like the response and people who 
seriously felt that Becky would not be in the headline match of WrestleMania as a result for this. Yeah. Is there so much post-revisionist bullshit coming back about when this was going on with Daniel Bryan? And look at what happened with Daniel Bryan. He was always going to be in the main event. No, he wasn't. Yep. <laughs> not until CM Punk packed his bags and went home yep. that was when it was a lock-in that Daniel Bryan was going to win the title at Wrestlemania yep. before that it was clear that they had zero plans yep. for Daniel Bryan to be yeah. in the title picture No, I, I agree with that but like I say that, that is my only issue with this I, I'm really enjoying it I'm, I'm loving the heat because it's a good example of a good rivalry this you know it's there's heat everywhere, and it's just, I feel like some fans take it a little too far. Ronda and Becky, one-on-one, has always felt like the match mm. to draw to. Throwing Charlotte in there, yeah, all right, it's not going to harm a match, but I think what they're doing here is a very good job. Uh, it didn't feel like that that was what people wanted coming in, like they wanted a one-on-one match. Now it feels like people want the triple threat as opposed to... Just Becky taking Charlotte's place. My two cents is that the reason it's a triple threat is because they don't want Ronda to lose clean. Because I think Ronda will lose the belt at Mania and it'll go to Charlotte or Becky, whichever. But it's so Ronda doesn't lose clean. Becky or Charlotte will get pinned. If you read some interviews she's had, she has, she's clearly a sore loser. Mm. Even here in this scripted world, she's like, oh, it clearly makes zero sense for me to lose in a yeah. wrestling match because I'm a real fighter. And he's, <sighs> yeah. Hold on a <laughs> <Yeah>. minute here. <laughs> Wait a sec. <laughs> yeah. If Lesnar can lose, you can lose. <laughs> so then we get clips of uh, SmackDown live show from the previous night where Becky invaded and went to attack Charlotte but Charlotte started attacking Becky's injured knee and out comes Charlotte for our upcoming match for the Raw Women's Championship Charlotte actually gets interviewed in the ring by Charlie Caruso Charlotte completely ignores Charlie's line of questioning so um, when did you find out that you were going to be inserted here and she just talked no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about how I humiliated and decimated the man last night. Why can't she point to the WrestleMania sign properly? Yeah, it looks quite odd. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the cameraman surely needs to find a new angle. Yeah. Yeah, she slags off Becky for needing approval, whereas Charlotte gets all of her approval just by looking in the mirror. Yep, she's going to be at ringside for our fourth match of the evening for the Raw Women's Championship. It's Ronda Rousey defending against Ruby Riot. Just to go back to our friends, the B-plus players, they did a song about Ruby Riot, and Ruby actually retweeted it herself. Oh, wow. Super cool. That's cool. Ronda is dressed as Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat 11, who she's voicing and... I keep hearing that she's supposed like the character model is supposedly modelled after Rhonda. But I don't think it looks like her at all. It doesn't look like her. The jawline and stuff is just all wrong. Yeah. It's definitely not Rhonda. And if it is modelled on Rhonda, whoever's just created Sonya Blade needs sacking because that is not Rhonda. No. Hmm. I am looking forward to Mortal Kombat, by the way. Mm. It does look really good. This match is a bit of an afterthought, really. 
Ronda quickly takes Ruby down with some judo throws. Ruby then spends what turns out to be half a match taking the breather on the outside. Comes back in, Piper's pit, armbar, tap out. Ronda retains in 1 minute 40. Yeah, I think Ruby's worth more than a 1 minute 40 match. That was my only thing about this. I knew Ronda was going to win, obviously, because we know what's coming at Mania. But I just felt that wasn't fair on Ruby. She got a little longer the next night on Raw. But still, what was the point? Why would you go longer after the damage yeah. had been done? Like, yeah. It's like the Cash is on Matt Riddle feud. Mm. Lost in six seconds. Next match, tapped out. Oh, we're going to have a third match at TakeOver. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Yeah, Ruby is an excellent wrestler and clearly deserves better, but we've not done anything with the Riot Squad. But everybody just beats them like a drum. Mm. And what annoyed me was in the run-up to this, Ruby beat Nikki Cross on the previous Raw. Nikki Cross is new to the main roster. Felt so fresh coming in at the Royal Rumble and people backstage were apparently really surprised at how popular she was. And mm. no, you, you've just got to pump up Ruby a little bit just because she needs to look good before she looks bad yeah. at the hands of Ronda. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Where was the readily beatable Dana Brooke? Mm. Where was Natalia? Surely she could return the favour after beating all of the Riot Squad like a drum all winter. Yeah, sad. Like I said, the match itself was an afterthought to what came next. Charlotte gets in the ring to confront Ronda. And then, limping along, comes Becky Lynch on her crutches. She's suspended, but she has a clear path to walk from the crowd through the timekeeper's area, all the way into the ring. Did nobody think about stopping this hobbling woman who's going (laughs) at like half a mile an hour? What is she doing? (laughs) Yeah. I really loved the she's the man chants from the crowd. Really cool. She attacks Charlotte with her crutches. Rhonda seems really amused, grabs a crutch of her own. Becky's like, go ahead and beat her up, beat her up. (laughs) And it's a trap. And Becky hits Ronda with her crutches. Ronda gets a really nasty cut above her forehead. Mm. Oh, at long last, here are security. Oh, would you look at that? Oh, my God. I'm sorry, I just thought that was a bit comical. Yeah. Yeah. I get that you want Becky to look like she's on one leg, but she can still take care of herself, but... Took it a bit too far with this angle. I yeah. Think. I'm a bit confused by all these Becky interferences. Because <laughs> she did it again on SmackDown. I don't understand. And now the cops have got involved. And she's gone to jail. And there's the most ridiculous photo of her with the name thing. And it's just a model shoot. And they've just put a, the black board up next to her. It's just, it's ridiculous. At least make it realistic. What they should have done was the time that they sent Stone Cold to jail the night after he won the title. He had his one phone call and he chose to ring into Monday Night Raw just to tell Vince McMahon that he's a sorry piece of trash. (laughs) What was your phone call? You're stuck in jail now, you prick. (laughs) 
while the women are all still recovering slash sulking, out comes Baron Corbin. Oh. I thought it was going to be an angle or something, but no, he's just out for the next match. <laughs> Our fifth of the evening, a no disqualification contest with Baron Corbin taking on Braun Strowman. I very much appreciated the boring Corbin sign in the front row. Yeah, from NXT to how he is now, he's just, what is going on? He's got to the stage now where I just do not enjoy watching him at all. He feels kind of lost, really. Yeah. He's still dressing like this authoritarian, and he has no power. Yeah. It reminds me of Brad Maddox. Like, just hardly any authority. Well, in fact, none now, but still dresses like that. That's pretty much what Brad Maddox did. Three years time, I'm sure we're going to see him on the Tonight Show in a turkey suit, getting tombstone <laughs> yeah. by the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> Braun looked jacked for this match. Yeah. He was doing like the hillbilly gym, peck, yeah. plex. Yeah. It looked insane. Who throws a vest? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good start to this match, Barry. <laughs> he fares much better once he grabs a kendo stick. They prop it up in the corner like a spike. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you are you trying to murder somebody? <laughs> yeah. That gets in someone's throat. Jesus. Braun hits a heart punch right after breaking the stick yeah. in half. <laughs> Pooty human with pooty stick. Oh. Braun needs no stick. <laughs> I don't need a kendo stick to kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Shoulder charge into the barricade by Braun. He goes for it again, but Barry throws an announcer's chair. Yeah, oh my God. Any further to the right, and that was in an audience member. Like, he caught it and dropped it at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Braun runs into the stairs. He fights back, gets a table, props it up in the corner. Power slam through the table, but then McIntyre arrives... Swinging a chair. But it's a trap. And it just leads to Braun getting hit in the back with a chair by Lashley. Snuck in through the crowd. Where uh, is security? Yeah. What the hell? Now we've, we've had a woman on crutches that's got in. We've got a guy wielding a chair. We well, see that. They're so inflexible. Yeah. They're still with Becky. Even though she, she's on one leg. She's not yeah. going to go anyway. You just leave her with yeah. one of you. I'm sure, I'm sure she'll be fine. Headbutt by Drew, spear by Lashley. They bring the stairs into the ring, prop the table up onto the stairs, yeah. and do the shield triple power bomb through the table. And that gets Corbin the win after 10 minutes and 50 seconds. So, you know, I was talking earlier on yeah. about. Oh, the man did this whole, we're going to change everything up. It's a fresh new start, fresh new WWE. Fuck you, Corbin. (laughs) None of your bullshit. I'm afraid to say Corbin is back on his bullshit. After that match, I was genuinely thinking, what the fuck has just happened? First of all, them three together, it just doesn't make any sense. If I was Drew McIntyre, I'd knock the shit out of them both. Who in the right mind listens to Baron Corbin as their boss? There's no way in the back, Corbs is like, oh, right, Drew, Lashley, you know what you've got to do, guys? Yeah, 
I'll weaken him down and then you come in and sneak up and I'll get the win. Yeah, let's do this, boys. No, that's not believable. No, not having that. Since Corbin been doing this gimmick, Drew won the tag title, Lashley won the IC title, mm. but they're supposedly going to prop up Corbin's non-existent success. It's, yeah, right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hopefully... Some hounds are going to see to them next month, but we'll see. We shall see. Mm. Feed them to the dogs, I say. <laughs> yeah. The big dogs! <laughs> we see Shane back in the trainer's room getting checked on, and Miz is super, super upset at the loss, still. Shane calls him Mike <laughs> yeah. and tells him to go home and calm down. Here's Lacey Evans for some reason. Yeah, that until was she so isn't. Random. What the <laughs> hell? They keep just popping her in there every now and again. This just makes sense. <laughs> Why? She does a full on Jimmy Snooker at WrestleMania 5. That's just a gimmick. He just came out, wanted in some random match, and then he just disappears. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, it's time for our main event the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. The new Daniel Bryan, the champion, is defending against Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe. I was really looking forward to this match. Yeah, pretty interesting lineup. Last minute change due to the injury to Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Kofi Kingston replaced him. I guess they felt it was the closest possible analogue. High energy flying guy with stamina. Don't put a square peg in a circle. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. yeah. This is one instance of just a last-minute angle getting really, really, really over. Yeah, I feel like that they have definitely rewritten plans due to this. It was interesting to read that the Kofi pre-elimination knockout that they did on SmackDown was exactly what Mustafa Ali was going to do. So that's, that surprised me. But then obviously how well Kofi did catapulted him further. Yeah, so for SmackDown before the show, we had a big gauntlet match to determine who will enter the match last. Kofi started the match against Daniel Bryan, pinned Daniel Bryan, mm. then eliminated Samoa Joe, eliminated Jeff Hardy as well, injured, still wanted to fight on. AJ eliminated him. Finally, Orton snuck in the RKO at the end yeah. won. There's lots of detractors of Randy Orton. I see lots of their points at the minute, especially. But people complain about, oh God, Randy Orton is such a boring wrestler. I really hope I don't have to see him wrestle ever again. And then they do angles like this, where Orton doesn't do anything. So you don't have to watch a big, long, boring Randy Orton match and he's still got a role. People are like, Oh, what's with Orton just doing one thing to win a match and then yeah. that's it? Either <laughs> you want to see him wrestle or you don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got to say... He's I'm, still got I'm a role a massive, to play. Yeah, I'm a massive Orton fan, so, you know, I I feel that he's very trustworthy in mm. the ring and, you know... The crowd are electric for Kofi. Yeah. Lots of chance really, really early on. Two men to start this match are Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe. And Brian, when he's coming out, has a big moan about this. About the fans being the authority 
of the WWE now and them being fickle. Yeah. Fickle. And he's the one getting punished for it. Referees force Rowan to go to the back as if he'd have a yeah. influence in the elimination chamber anyway. Yeah. Brian says he takes pride in suffering for the greater good. And did you spot the new WWE Championship has like a special match graphic now with like the recycling yeah. symbol? <laughs> it's a load of shit. I, I said this on the last one. So in the early goings, Brian's attempting to run out of the clock, going to the floor of the chamber, trying to evade Joe. Joe hooks an early heel hook, and then no sells a loud, loud chop mm. by Brian. We then get, to paraphrase Michael Cole here, Vintage Samoa! Powerbomb. Transition to a Boston Crab. Transition to the STF. Transition to the crossface. Glorious. Yeah, very nice. Brian turns it into a roll-up and then sends Joe into a pod. Stiff strikes by both men. And then the next man to join the match is Kofi Kingston. He's great, he's spry, he's full of energy. He splashes Joe in the back for a two-count. Brian decapitates him with a knee drop draped across the top rope. Gets a two-count. Nice. Looks so cool. Brian does a little protest on top of the pod, sulking, arms folded. No. I'm not joining in this match. And Kofi just whoop, yeah. leaps up. <laughs> no, 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 you're coming down the hard way. Joe tries to pursue him as well. Joe yanks him off and then Kofi winds up cross-bodying both of them, mm. leaping off the chains. Joe sentons Brian when Brian's like laying down at a really awkward angle. Like he's not yeah. flat, ready to receive Joe. He's it's just like, like on... fetal position. Yeah. Out next is AJ Styles. He hits the Asai DDT and a regular DDT to both Kofi and Brian at once. And then does a phenomenal forearm to the outside while Brian's trying to scurry away climbing the chains. It's really cool. Sweet looking sunset flip by Styles into a Styles Clash attempt, but Kofi escapes only to get hit with the Ushigaroshi. Ushigaroshi! Joe sends AJ into the chains and uses the rebound to backdrop AJ back into the ring. Mm. He then applies the Kikita clutch on Kofi. Kofi tries to do the Bret Hart WrestleMania 8 roll-up escape, which is how he eliminated Joe in the Gauntlet match, but it gets a near fall and Joe hangs on. But then a jawbreaker sets up Joe for the phenomenal forearm by AJ, and that eliminates Joe. Really surprised he was the first to go. Yeah. But then thinking about the different spots that come up, I can sort of see. But as as you watch it, yeah, that it was a big surprise. Mm. Yeah. Next to join the match is Jeff Hardy. He runs wild with all these trademark moves. Front suplexes Kofi, and then uses him as a stepping stone to do the poetry emotion on AJ. Mm. Both Jeff and AJ they're climbing up top. Jeff tosses AJ into the pod. Stacks him up over the top turnbuckle and hits a swanton bomb into AJ while he's lying on the top turnbuckle. Yeah, that was a nice move. Really nice. From the top of the pod. I just can't fathom. Like There can't be any give. No. There. It's just like... How do you tense yourself to prepare for Jeff Lanning on you, you know? While AJ's lying there, 
at what point does he go, oh, fuck? It's like, it's just, oh, it's coming and I'm just going to have to bear with it. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately, Brian follows up, knees Jeff in the face to get the free count and Jeff is eliminated. It's about as much as you can expect yeah. for Jeff now. Yeah. You, you hit your shit, you get out of there, don't do any more damage to yourself. Like, yeah. Still give the fans something tremendous. Like, I've never seen that kind of spot before. No. In an elimination chamber. No, that's cool. Brian puts AJ in the tree of woe and goes to suplex Kofi while they're both hanging above AJ. But AJ hauls himself up to German Daniel Bryan off as he's superplexing Kofi. Yeah. Last out, as dictated by the gauntlet match result, is Randy Orton. AJ hits a wicked-looking backbreaker to Kofi, but Orton grabs AJ out of mid-air from the phenomenal forearm with the RKO, and AJ gets eliminated. Orton crotches Kofi up on the top rope and hits his draping DDT, then power slams Daniel Bryan, but then Kofi blocks the RKO and hits a trouble in paradise. And eliminates Randy Orton clean as a sheet for free. What I loved, it must have just been the point in the night that I checked Twitter. Nobody was talking about this spot for Kofi. And they were only talking about Kofi getting his payback on Orton for like hosing his push 10 years ago after Kofi did the stupid, stupid, stupid thing on Smackdown (laughs) a couple of days later. Um, he's just eliminated Orton clean as a sheet. Yeah. <laughs> I know which I count as proper revenge. Yeah, it was nice. That leaves the final two of Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston, and the crowd are amped. Mm. I was really, really, really into this. Well, I was into the, the whole match, but when it got down to these two, I was like, holy shit. Mm. The brawl is on. Both men go at it toe-to-toe. Kofi's begging Brian to just lay into him. This is just awesome. Just this veteran who's got this sudden ascension, wants to be taken seriously, wants this spot so much. It's amazing. Brian ducks Trouble in Paradise, sweeps Kofi's legs away, hits yes kicks, but Kofi ducks the buzzsaw kick and hits the SOS. It only gets a two count. Fans are biting on everything Kofi does. Yeah. Big corner drop kicks by Daniel Bryan, but then Kofi finally retaliates with the double stomp to the chest slash dip dip by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi sends Bryan to the steel, but Bryan blocks a bulldog and Kofi collides with the pod. Back inside and Bryan hits the running knee. One, two, Kofi kicked out. <laughs> Brian goes all Rick James on Kofi, but Kofi still kicks out. And then out of nowhere, hits Trouble in Paradise. But Brian kicks out and immediately cradles Kofi. And Kofi kicks out. <laughs> oh my God. The bell lock by Brian whilst he fish hooks the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Kofi gets the ropes. Shouldn't matter in an ODQ environment. <laughs> yeah. Brian clearly feels that the momentum's not on his side in this manoeuvre anymore. He goes up top, but Kofi cuts him off and then chases him up to the pod. He knocks Brian off the top of the pod, goes for a splash off the top of the pod, but it misses. And then one final running knee by Brian gets the free. Kofi is finally put down after a really valiant effort. 
Yeah. Brian retains after 36 minutes, 40 seconds of electric stuff. Yeah, absolutely fantastic match. Really, really good. Enjoyed it all the way through. I thought that the spots of each finish of elimination, I think they worked. They made sense. Like, especially with the Jeff one, you know, doing the swanton, getting up and then whack straight away. Daniel showing, like, Jeff's weakness. He's just done his move, so quickly get rid of him. Mm. My only thing was the finish at the end with Kofi and Brian. I didn't like the jump miss. Like, I was thinking, should Brian have put his knees up? I know that might have killed Kofi from the height that he was at, but I just, I felt the roll away didn't work. I don't know whether that could have maybe changed a little bit, but honestly, other than that, I, I thought it was a, a cracking match. Yeah, I was okay with it because, you know, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime shot for Kofi. He's already kicked out of all of Brian's stuff. He's already evaded loads of Brian's stuff. Brian's already survived all of Kofi's stuff. Kofi's only option is to do something he can only do in the chamber. And he goes for it, and he misses. So, something that you'd only get in that type of match is finally what sets up Kofi to be put down at last. Yeah. The closing stretch when it was just Brian and Kofi. Absolutely magic. This overall is pretty similar calibre to the opening Elimination Chamber match. Did a bit less in terms of innovations compared to the tag title chamber match, aside from Jeff's Swanton spot. Yeah. But just the story of it and Kofi lasting so long made it work thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, 100%. Kofi gets a really, really heartfelt ovation at the end of the match. Do you feel this is the beginning of the end of the New Day? I hope not. There's tons of people outside WWE where you have a stable or a team and they still go on to support the ventures of one of their guys. Like, I just thought it would be a bit incongruous if, say, Kofi winds up winning and then somebody from a new day turns on him. Yeah, I really think there's a lot more fresh stuff they can do with Woods and E supporting Kofi like they are doing right now as opposed to oh what and then turn on Kofi yeah no I, I get that what I, what I don't want is let's say Kofi gets to, to winning the belt what I don't want is the new day out every single week with the champion every single week because that's not giving Kofi a spotlight. It's just the New Day have a champion. If they're going to do it where there's no turn, let Kofi come out on his own. Give Kofi his own music. Yes, stay in the New Day attire, but give him his own spotlight. That's sort of the angle that I'm coming from. Fine if you want to keep him in the New Day, but we want that stretch of we've got a champion and he's part of the New Day. Not there's a champion in the New Day. What you just need to do then is keep Biggie and Woods busy elsewhere. Mm. So yeah, the sentiment is such that right after that show, people were begging, begging, absolutely begging... Coffee Mania. Yeah. For him to get a rematch at WrestleMania. Even the talent. Seth Rollins tweeted Coffee Mania. 
Now, it looked like initially that Kofi was going to earn a title opportunity at Fastlane. But very, very recently, Vince McMahon <laughs> sticks to Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to have all the belts, yeah. damn it. <laughs> My belts are championships. Happy 70th, Rick. <laughs> yeah, Vince did a, an announcement, said that Kofi didn't deserve the title shot but he knew someone who did. And Kevin Owens came out looking very healthy. It's because, Kyle, he's been avoiding pizza because he can only find pizza with pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them little clips that have been on have just been absolutely gold. Especially with his son. The one with the change. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> the best part about it for me was... Maybe it was the first one, or at least one of one of the first ones. Yeah. Was at the bowling alley? Yeah. There's a gutter ball. One of our mutuals on Twitter, the Sarah and Sarah podcast. Yeah. They run bowling tournaments in Germany when they go over for WXW shows. Right. And Kevin Owens tweeted them and Alan Forel, who's one of the husbands. Hey, Alan Forel, can you get me an invite to the Oberhaus and Open, please? <laughs> <laughs> now that you know about my passion for bowling. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> what is life? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's brilliant. So Kevin Owens came out, didn't even make any eye contact with Kofi, and just sat down, signed the contract. Steph and Shane did absolutely nothing. So we're in a very sort of similar situation to Becky here. Yeah. Where you've got Vince coming out and you don't know what you want. I know what you want. I'm re- really playing off that you're not going to get what you want. So it's going to be a fight for it. Is this setting up some sort of feud with Vince? Well, not a feud with Vince, but... All right, just hypothetically, Shane says, no, actually, I think that Kofi does deserve a shot. So then what's Vince's response to that? Mm, I don't know. Kofi's obviously going to get some sort of mania match, but it's just how that's going to happen. Is he going to have to fight someone of Vince's choice and then wins or I, I don't know we're going to have to see rumours are that this was just been playing swapsies so yeah. Kofi was going to get the fast lane shot and Owens was going to be the Wrestlemania opponent for Brian right and they've just <whistles> did the old switcheroo because of the popularity of Kofi yeah. yeah they feel that Kofi's story has really outgrown a B pay-per-view fair enough it's just a shame Kevin Owens coming back and potentially having a first loss at a pay-per-view sort of thing. But, mm. So before we get to one last news item that I'm very excited about, final thoughts on the Elimination Chamber as a show. Who was your standout performer and what was your favourite match? Kofi, standout performer. He was just brilliant all the way through the Elimination Chamber. The men's Elimination Chamber itself was a standout match. Show in general, it started off really well. Women's Elimination Chamber was good. Tag match again, was good enough. And then it all went downhill from there, I think. And then peaked massively for the the main event. You could take the middle chunk out and just have Elimination Chamber, Smackdown Tag, Elimination Chamber for me. 100% agree. The middle portion of this show is just the biggest pile of nothing Mm. I've seen in a long while. Yeah, agree. (laughs) Smackdown Tag title match, like I said... Rather enjoyed it, but I'm not desperate to go see it again. Finn's IC title win, functional, but again, nothing very exciting. 
Mm. And then the two matches that followed that, no good at all. The two Chamber matches delivered, luckily enough. Yeah. And I'd recommend that you go and check those out. When I was debating whether I preferred the Men's Rumble or the Women's Rumble, I went with the Women's Rumble because of the overarching story. Yeah. And I feel the same way again here. I think even though it was rather uneven, the women's tag title chamber match was a bit more exciting in terms of content. Yeah. But the WWE title chamber match had the big story. Yeah. And the emotional investment that really carried it through. And that's what just edges it for me. Mm. And as with you, biggest winner coming out of this is Kofi for me. Yeah, 100%. Tremendous. Just... To be on call to wrestle like what forty minutes on SmackDown, a few hours notice, mm. and then wrestle like that in the Chamber match, just phenomenal. I've got to be honest, Kofi as champion before this was happening, like oh okay that would be nice. I don't feel like I need to see it, but yeah, he'd be fully deserving of it. It'd be appropriate given mm. his input level these past ten plus years. Yeah. After this show happened, I'm like, I've got to see this. Yeah. You've got to go full in on the yeah. coffee train here. I 100% agree. So there's one more item of interest in the run-up to WrestleMania that's taken place since this show. Ric Flair was celebrating his 70th birthday on Monday Night Raw. Everybody with a single brain cell yeah. was expecting Becky Lynch was going to interrupt this. Yeah. Becky got sent to jail earlier in the night. So instead... So good to see Batista. Batista yeah. arrives, drives Ric Flair by his coat. Are you <laughs> watching, Hunter? You did this, Hunter! You did this! <laughs> Love it. I'm really excited. I'm going to get a Triple H Mania match. Again! And then my excitement dips down. <laughs> so pleased to see Batista again. Yeah. I've spoken a little bit already about this cycle of Triple H, he has to beat the legends so that when he faces the young guys at WrestleMania, it means something. I could see Batista winning this, you know. You reckon? Because mm-hmm. it, it depends. There's been a lot of rumours that he signed on for longer than Mania. So I think if he signed on for longer than Mania, I think Batista would win. If it's just this short deal between films, it's my boy Triple H. That's how I see it working. I don't know what the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 schedule is. He'd have press for Endgame and stuff coming up in the springtime. Although he's a bit of a maverick, really, yeah. now is Dave. and He's got June as well, that's starting to record soon. Dune. D- oh, Dune, yeah. yeah. How you say Dune, June, With that, they need, to, they need to bring the Total soundtrack, like the original. His entrance music would be appropriate. Yeah. He'd be like in the dune, he's like, I want yeah. the crowd to bit of danger. Like, oh, yeah, actually, I'm walking yeah. from Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous pity. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see where we end up with that. I think Mania is going to be our next one. We may just skip Fastlane because I don't think there's anything major. Fast lane, really. I do have ideas for what we could do in between. 
So a certain WCW show I promised you ages ago <laughs> has its 20th anniversary this month. Okay. So maybe I can convince you there's still some good in WCW. We'll see. There's not much hope after that <laughs> shit shower that I watched. But we'll, we'll see. Okay. Anyway, that will wrap it up for this episode. So remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast or on Instagram at TNW underscore podcast. That's the easiest place to keep a track of our news. We're also on Facebook. That's a thing still. I mean, is there any point with saying we're on Facebook? We need to, <laughs> we need material for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher Radio. Or SoundCloud, which is where we keep all of our episodes. We've got playlists of all of our old episodes and my guest appearances on the Roar's Nitro podcast. Give us a review or a rating. It'll really help us work our way up the algorithms. Next time, secret WCW show. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, it's, it's either that or Dave's pick for his very first pay-per-view. Yes, uh and then Mania. So, we'll see you in the very near future anyway. So it's a goodbye from Kyle. Goodbye, see you soon. And it's a goodbye from me. I'm walking around! <laughs>